0: welcome to anything goes the best geek and pop culture podcast broadcasting from long island new york i'm your host timothy rooney since we are in the year of 2016 i thought it'd be appropriate to talk about my favorite movies of 2015 and i don't do it alone because i have a guest every week otherwise i'd be talking to myself and i've stated numerous times nobody wants to hear that not even my own inner thoughts who's with me this week
1: Hi, I'm Vicky.
0: Hi, Vicky.
1: Hi, Timmy. How are you? I'm good. That's
0: wonderful.
1: Oh, yes. (laughs) So are you
0: ready to talk about your favorite movies of 2015?
1: Oh, yeah. I totally am.
0: Oh, oh, good.
1: Like, oh, my God, gag me with a spoon. Like, as (laughs) if.
0: (laughs) It's funny. I caught bringing on on usa not too oh long god. ago and i forgot elijah dusky was in that oh, that's that, right and i'm just like i'm like oh my god this is right around the time when she was on buffy too and i was like wow i totally forgot about that anyway sorry but that like kind of like 90s rally girl moment we had there
1: i'm not sorry <laughs> yeah
0: so let's get into our top 10 movies of 2015 So we'll do this in descending where are starting from the number 10, working our way up to number one. And Vicki, you'll start the you'll start with who, what is your number 10?
1: Awesome. I actually have two for my number 10 because I find them equally valued, <laughs> before,
0: I guess. Before we even do that, do you want to do honorable mentions first before we get into our actual list? Oh, um. Or you want to do that at the end?
1: We'll do that at the end just Okay. because so. they are honorable mentions. <laughs> All right, then.
0: Uh, so – Start at number 10 and you said they're very similar they
1: are um it's the visit by m night Shyamalan mm-hmm. and the gift i kind of forgot who that was directed by so uh
0: joel edgerton who plays uh, gordo the weirdo in it
1: oh okay mm-hmm. and i find them very similar because they're both horror movies and they both freaked me out
0: and start with the word the exactly <laughs> so
1: there you go the visit however is a little bit first on that list mm-hmm. because it freaked me out even more. Like I had nightmares of that old woman.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: Like I can deal with Gordo the weirdo and giving me presents and probably killing my fish because I'm like, all right, they're fish. Mm-hmm. I only really have emotional attachments to fish, and I'm sorry to any animal lover out there, but that's besides <laughs> the point. So
0: aquatic person is drowning themselves slowly. <laughs> like, <"Whoa,
1: laughs> why would she say
0: that it's funny because i was reading my aquaman book today too and you know what (laughs) like nobody was giving a crap nobody cared about aquaman like he stops a um it opens up with a guy stealing an armored car and he jumps into the middle of the street puts his trine down and flips the truck over his shoulder (laughs) lands on top and stops two of them one of the cops comes up to him like uh do you need a cup of water uh aquaman (laughs) he's like no. Seriously? <laughs> like, nobody took him seriously. And like then, like, all of a sudden these piranha people come out of the water, mm-hmm. so it's eating them, just eating everybody. So, oh, of course, God. who do they call uh, uh, Aquaman? But so, go on.
1: We kind of need your help now. Uh, yes. uh, sorry about all that before. Now, I'm sorry
0: about your yellow shirt that's actually scaled. So I-, I take that back.
1: Oh, wait, that's not a shirt. Sorry. Ooh. My bad. I shouldn't have said yellow wasn't your color. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. But go on. But um, like I said, they're they're equal to me. The visit, um, but I think the visit, like I said, freaked me out a lot more. Because mm-hmm. like I said I had nightmares for weeks after this, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't go to sleep now. This old woman's gonna be underneath my bed. Mm-hmm. She's gonna take me. That's it. I'm never gonna see my family again. <laughs> I can't."
0: <laughs> and the visit is about uh, two grandchildren going to visit their grandparents for the first time because yes. their mother had a falling out with her parents and hadn't seen them in years and gets and they find out they're kind of kooky but they're old people so you're like ah, they just chalk it up to that and the daughter is making a documentary about trying to have a catharsis for their mother with her parents and stuff like that and then things just start going south yeah and it's very quickly the, the screws start to turn and you're just like what is going on? And and everybody acts pretty well in that. Even yeah. like the, like it's it's really easy to go over the top crazy. And there are moments like if, if you've seen the movie Yahtzee, that's all I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, um,
1: I, I just remember sitting in the theater with you actually. And I just remember looking over and you're like, I can't. I can't watch this right now. Oh my God. And I've never heard a theater scream in unison like that. Like it was just on pitch perfect
0: <laughs> and, and it's it's one of those few theater moments that it's just like you feel the mood of the theater change at that exact moment like spoilers yeah. ahead the twist is that they're escaped mental um patients where the grandparents actually worked that they've murdered them and taken their place after hearing about them and once that they real the revelation it hits the audience you just feel the entire theater go <sighs>
1: <sighs> like it's it literally becomes like from cute, like, little, oh, they're freaking crazy grandparents. Like, ugh, everyone has them to, oh, my God, these people need to get the hell out of this house, like, right now. Like, you need to go. I'm fearing for your life. You need to go. And,
0: and the moment happens when the kids are Skyping with their mother and, like, where are they? And they hold the, like, webcam up to the window where they're standing outside not paying attention. It's like yeah. And she's like, those aren't your grandparents. And you're just like,
1: oh, my gosh. And you're just like, <laughs> like,
0: like, oh. hmm <laughs> And that's the beginning of the third act. And then the whole third act is just like, all right, uh, we're going to act normal. We can get through one more night. Everything, and we'll be, everything will be fine. And then, actually, we would go wait outside for our mom. Open the door. See one there, their, like, uh, hospital helpers hanging from the tree. And they close the door. You're like, oh.
1: And it's just such a subtle image, too. Because they just rip open the door. And there she is. It's, it's exactly and swinging then, back and forth in the pitch blackness. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wait, what did I just say? Hold on, open that door again. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And, you know, like some people say, is this the return of M. Night Shyamalan? And, like, I've always, like, I kind of maintained at least somewhat that M. Night Shyamalan is a good filmmaker.
1: Yeah, he
0: is. I mean, he's had his stumbles. Well, let's not deny that, whether it be The Happening. What? No. (laughs) Or Avatar The Last Airbender. But, like, you got to give him credit with you got Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, and Signs to an a certain extent, but anyway, I feel like I'm, I'm, hog, I'm hogging the mic with this. Maybe yeah, anyway,
1: <laughs> think about it though. M Night, you know, all directors have their oopsie movement moments yes. and their oopsie movies, and you're like, eh. All right, as long as you don't keep repeating yourself, then I guess it's fine. But you know M Night Shyamalan's name because he did make a couple of crappy movies. Yeah. So I guess it. you can either look at it as bad, like, oh, my God, I'm just known for my bad movies. Or you can look at it as good, like, oh, hey, everyone knows my name because I made a bad movie. Mm. I think that's a good thing.
0: But, like, it got to the point that, like, the movie Devil, like, he was producing and stuff like that. And I remember seeing the first preview, and I forget what movie it was. It was, like, a packed theater, and everybody was reacting to it, like, like, oh. What is this? And then, like, produced by M. Night show I'm like, oh, and I saw popcorn fly through the air. And I'm like, holy crap.
1: Oh, I guess that's really bad. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like,
0: whoa, oh, oh, oh. Ooh, That's like... a
1: lot of hatred for one person. I'm just
0: like, I just feel like the M. Night Shyam just felt a like disturbance disturbed to the force at that moment. It's like, oh, oh. That's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and, and the visit, I, I mean the gift. The yeah. gift. Uh, with Joel Edgerton and Jace, uh, Jason Bateman, yes, and that Gordo the weirdo is just like this person from this past, from Jason Bateman's past that he's had run ins that he's kind of like a nice but awkward person. We all have those people in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And Jason Bateman and his wife move in, move to L.A. trying to start a new life and such. And then Gordo starts to come around more and more. Tell us, like, how, what do you think about Joel Edgerton's performance as Gordo?
1: I loved it. Like, <laughs> I was like, all right, I kind of want to know more about this guy, and I feel super sorry for him, and all I want to do is give him a hug. Yeah. And then you kind of realize, wait, something's not right here. And then you see that video of him with the monkey mask on, and you're like, all right, I'm just going to back away now. Uh. Like, But he just, he gets so into it, and you're like, yeah, all right. I know a couple of people like that. Yeah. And then
0: Jason Bateman is like, it's funny because Jason Bateman on Arrested Development, he was the in- audiences and he was the nice guy of that family and stuff like that. Everybody else was kind of an asshole and stuff like That's that. True. And it's just, and a lot of the jokes are just like him reacting to the absurdity of his family. And the shoes on the other foot with this one where he's the real jerk, especially towards him. We don't yeah. know why it's eventually revealed, but it's like, Oh, like he kind of like, you kind of deserve it, but then you're like, at one point, you're like, "Should I even be saying that?" Yeah,
1: like you deserve something, but kind of not that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's really really uncomfortable. With it that. is, um, but
1: it's like that. It's like I hate to say this, but it's like that good uncomfortable. Yeah, where you're like, all right, I, I need to know more. Like I just
0: need to know more. <laughs> and it's actually. I'll jump to because it, it's my number nine on my list is mm-hmm. the gift. I, I, I mixed up the tiles. Uh, I wrote yeah. Visit but I met the gift. And I remember the one moment is it's uh, the wife is taking a shower and stuff like that and sees somebody in the bath and things like, oh. Yes. And she's like, oh. And then she wipes away the condensation of inside the shower and it's Gordo and he immediately throws his hand up and gets there. It's a total boo scare moment and it's a dream sequence. So it shouldn't. I should have been mad about that. But yeah. the whole theater, like. Collectively, just lurch back like, oh, oh! oh."
1: When I say you felt the theater move, I literally meant the theater moved like three steps back because everyone just shot back in their seats.
0: And it was a jump scare that, like, like I was saying, you know, it's it's a dream sequence, and it should be like, oh, it should be cheap, but. For some reason, that worked, and then 90% of other jump scares in horror movies are just like a friend putting a hand on your shoulder, and it's just like, oh, it's cheap, and like when it when it really matters, it's not going to work.
1: Well, it didn't come off as like a dream sequence, Not honestly. at first. Not at first. And then you're like, something feels a little weird about this. Like, that's not right. And then all of a sudden, it just comes at you, and it's like, oh my
0: god,
1: <laughs> that's how you do a jump scare. I'm sorry, but it's true.
0: Like, it, it's... If the intentions are true about it, like if you look, like say the Insidious or Conjuring movies, that like there's there's loads of jump scares in there. However, they're never false ones. That's true. Like in, um, think of uh, Halloween. Laurie uh, says goodbye to Annie, and she keeps looking behind her to see if Michael's gonna be standing by the hedges. And turns, and she walks right into Annie's father's chair of bracket. There's no sound. There's no like boom. It's just the sound effect of them bumping into each other. I'm like scares you. But it's not a false one. It's true. And it's, they say, and, I, and there's one moment in uh, The Gift that really kind of felt bad for Gordo is that he finds that, like, he, he loses his job as, like, a house sitter because of Jason Bateman. He ends up becoming, like, a DJ trivia guy. Yeah. And you're just like, oh.
1: All right. That's kind of sad.
0: <laughs> but it was one of the moments that I pointed out to you when we were driving home. He talks about the Tate and LaVianca yes, murders. But that's the, right. That's the Manson family right there. And the hospital room number that sh- the wife is sitting in is the same room number in The Shining of the hotel yes. over there, I suppose. And I'm just like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember you did get very excited over and that. Like, I'm, I'm, and I'm like the only person <laughs> here. like. I think you were like, did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? I'm like. Why
0: are you hitting me right now? Like, what? (laughs) Because that's how excitable I can get in movies sometimes.
1: It's true, people. He does.
0: Do you have anything else you want to say about that?
1: No. Let's hear your number 10 spot. Um,
0: My number 10 spot is actually uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Ooh. Now, we've seen together several different... um, Espionage movies of twenty fifteen. We saw Kingsman together. Yes, we did. We saw The Man from Uncle. We saw Spectre together. We didn't see yes, we did. Mission Impossible together. Um, and I remember that I remember seeing Mission Impossible in IMAX, even though it's technically considered fake IMAX because you don't really need the certain standards of practice like to have the IMAX name. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, still paid the extra price for it. I'm like, ooh, I, I'm getting true, I'm getting IMAX, even though I wasn't. I still enjoyed that fake experience, <laughs> but. Oh, I great moments in that movie is of course like Tom Cruise willing to put his butt on the line when it comes to stunts, and it's in every advert, it's on the poster of him hanging outside the plane, which I think they, they did like eight times.
1: Oh uh, yes, I remember. And,
0: sure, he's secured to the plane, but still, he's a piece of cables holding him to a plane, and they had to, and they couldn't just like, all right, gotta land it to reset it. Like it's like, oh, we gotta circle around, come back down to the runway take everything apart then put everything back on to do it again and he wanted to make sure it's completely right for that
1: i think he lost sleep over that too so i think he was just like i'm running on two hours of sleep and i'm about to ride a plate on the outside god help me
0: <laughs> and say what you will about tom cruise and his personal life and his personal beliefs like that he's still One of the people who tries his dances in making entertaining movies. Yeah, he's an
1: an entertaining person. Yeah,
0: I mean, then you think of, like, Bruce Willis, who's, like, personality-wise, you shouldn't be... Like, he doesn't cross too many riffs, Um, Woody Allen and Kevin Smith, notwithstanding there. (laughs) I mean, he got fired from a Woody Allen movie, and Woody Allen doesn't really direct people unless they really, really need it. So, for Woody Allen to... have to fire him and stuff like that is saying something. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, that's definitely saying a lot. <laughs>
0: and it's funny because I have this diehard poster on the back of my door just staring at me the whole time. I to... was going to say
1: he's guilting you right <laughs> now. <laughs> totally.
0: Um, and uh, the Mission Impossible Rogue Nation is about this kind of secret society of other, uh, the anti-IMF taking right. out their people and at the same time Alec Baldwin is going before like almost like a budgetary committee to warrant the to uh, he's arguing against the case for the IMF while right. oh man. Jeremy Renner who's a who's introducing Ghost protocol is is arguing for them. The same kind of argument that's brought up in Spectre, but only done a lot better. <laughs> like if it was done better and it was done like it was done earlier, I would say mm-hmm. Spectre would be higher in my regards, but I think Rogue Nation did it better. That's why I was like
1: sorry. It's funny that you say Spectre because Spectre's actually on my list. It's actually number nine on Re- my list. Really? This point. Yeah. We'll get
0: to that in just a moment. Um, and there's a few other moments that I really enjoyed. Like the villain is like almost like Tom Cruise's Moriarty. He is mm. his match and stuff like that. And they built him up for it and you're like, and when you finally get to meet him, like, oh, this guy is really, just really creepy, and just gets under your skin. And they leave it open for her another first sequel, which I'm happy about. They didn't kill him off. They didn't Darth Maul him or anything like that.
1: Ooh, well, that's good, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah. right? laughs> um.
0: The the opera sequence was just like it's like it's almost like a Hitchcock sequence. It's like the pure suspense. Like if you watch that and then the man who knew too much, you'd see it's very similar. And my other two other moments is. Simon Pegg uh, is, like, arguing to stay with Ethan Hunt, even though he could get right. fired and everything like that. And he's like, Tom Cruise is like, no. And Simon Pegg puts his foot down, and, and you get to see the dramatic Simon Pegg. And you're, right. like, you don't get to see that often. Like, the only time I think I've ever really seen him in a movie besides that is uh, the end of the movie The World's End, where he's right. arguing with Nick Frost. Right. Then last sequence is, like, Tom Cruise has to hold his ward to go in to get some stuff, and he's just like, It's completely silent for that. you're just like (gasps) –
1: Like you stop breathing with him. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, oh, God.
0: And you're just like, oh, my God. like That shouldn't happen. Why am I doing that? It's just pure filmmaking right there.
1: See, I think that's like the best part sometimes about films is that when a movie can make you feel like that and make you hold your breath, that you're just like (gasps) – my god oh my gosh like i think they did a good job because they're making you part of that film
0: yeah because
1: you feel it (laughs) like
0: it's just like oh and then you kind of like you stop and you think yourself like why am i doing this i shouldn't be doing this but you're kind of hypnotized by the movie itself and that's what i think the best parts of that movie sometimes is that they can have the kind of hypnotic effect on you so what like you said number nine was specter correct
1: yes i did and why and
0: why is that your number nine
1: to be honest with you, despite Daniel Craig's performance, which was a little because eh, you can tell that he like really just didn't want to be there. He was going
0: through the motions for sure.
1: Exactly. I liked the plot
0: of it. I like. We're just going through the motions. Yes, I just had a Buffy the Vampire Slayer flashback there. Don't mind me. Trust me, no one is. Hey. I love you. I Uh, do. Oh, yeah. I'm sure.
1: I do. I really do love
0: it. It was a big rock. It was a big rock. (laughs) Go on. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I'm used to these little rants by now. Yeah. Five years later. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Um, what was I saying?
0: Uh, Um, Daniel Craig going through the motions. Yes. Just going through the motions. (laughs) (laughs) I really should just stop saying that. Yeah. (laughs) Um...
1: I liked the pot of it. I liked the feel of it. I just, I liked it. Yeah. I didn't love it. I liked it. Gotcha. Like it was, it, that's why it's at the bottom. Right. If I loved it, it would have been a little higher. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's at that bottom range just because I liked the feel of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was definitely one of my more favorite, uh, spy movies besides the kingsman and um the man from uncle mm-hmm. which are on my list too <laughs>
0: oh okay <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um which i can understand and like the only problems i have with that is like other than daniel craig's performance that seems a little lackluster the climax it was just like he shoots down a helicopter with a Walter ppk
1: mm, Not sure. and
0: i'm like okay um and they're kind of building it up like uh, Spectre and everything like that. And then Christoph Waltz's Blofeld spoilers.
1: Sorry, guys. Yeah. And,
0: and Christoph Waltz has a fantastic performance. Dave Bautista, I think he may have the best performance in that yes. movie. Go figure. I
1: don't even think he said two words I think he, he said
0: one word. Right. Yeah, he said shit before he gets tossed out of yes. the, out the uh, train with the rope attached to him. I
1: think that's another reason why I like this movie.
0: <laughs> and I'm just... And that's saying something that Dave Bautista, I think, had the best performance in that movie outside yeah. of Christoph Waltz, who's won two Oscars for movies written by Tarantino. Right. Even in the Clash of the Clans commercials, he's just going for it.
1: <laughs> he just he just puts his heart to solid into everything. Like you said, even in the Clash of Clans commercial, you know that he's in it to win it. Exactly, <laughs> like he wants to sell this game to you. <laughs>
0: I can't wait around for another Oscar from Tarantino so I gotta pay the bills somehow
1: <laughs> this is how this is
0: gonna work okay <laughs> anything else you wanna say about no that's it <laughs> okay and like I said before number nine for me is The Gift really really enjoy everybody's performance of that it is, yeah. a, it is a total acting piece right there it definitely is but it's it's but it's also a lot of great suspense just building up like setting up things you're just like huh That's weird. And then you kind of pay it off later like, oh, so that's what that was. And especially the one more where Jason Bateman and his wife go to – I'm sorry. I'm forgetting her name. They go to Joel Edgerton's house, but it's actually the house he's house-sitting for. And you just feel like something's really awkward about that.
1: Like it's just weird that he has this house. Like it's not – it's not him. It's not him. It's definitely not him. And then
0: they go stupid around it too, and like, <laughs> and they're like, he's got kids and stuff like that. And then like he's coming back, like, oh, we, we gotta get back downstairs really quick. <laughs> and then when they leave, he just like trying to open the gate, and the wolves he just pops up there, and you're like,
1: ooh. okay, this is
0: something really off about him.
1: Yeah. That's
0: so why I say I highly recommend the gift. I
1: so- highly recommend that as well. <laughs>
0: so what is your number eight?
1: Oh, number eight. Tomorrowland.
0: Oh, Tomorrowland!
1: I loved that movie. Disney (sighs) did a great job with it.
0: And explain to some people, just a brief synopsis, what Tomorrowland is.
1: It's about this girl who just doesn't want, I guess, the space station to go down. Mm -hmm. So she hijacks a lot of it, and she gets in trouble, and she gets put in jail for a day Mm -hmm. and she comes out she has this pen and she's like this isn't mine this isn't mine what is this i don't know what this is and when she touches it she has like these little flashes of um this land of spaceships and these great towers like if you think of like uh meet the robinsons yeah like that's how it looked a lot of color and bubbly and just happy places that you were like yeah i kind of want to be there right now like screw my life i kind of want to just be there Mm -hmm. And um, she goes on this adventure with uh, George Clooney, who has a part in that, and they meet a robot girl, and it's crazy.
0: <laughs> and why was this on your list at number eight?
1: Why? um, To be honest with you, it was just where I put it. Mm-hmm. Um, It's just kind of like that equal value there of where right. my other movies are. And mm-hmm. I was like, I really like this one. But I really like this one more, so this one's going to go down here. So it just kind of got bumped down to my number eight section. Right. Um, but the I, I like I said I love Disney. Mm. I loved this movie, and what I really really loved about it is that they they pushed science yes on a lot of people they Mm. pushed it on not just men because a lot of now today of what i've seen is that science is pushed on a lot of men Mm. a lot of guys and i like the fact that they pushed this on a female actress Mm. who is just crazy and i was like that's awesome Mm. like if i had this woman as my role model when i was younger I would have been all about the science. Right. Like, that's awesome. How Mm. cool is that? (laughs) So I thought that was really cool of Disney to say, all right, it's not just for men anymore. It's for females, too. Like, here you go.
0: It almost seems like, I mean, I had a whole class. Maybe it was a whole class or a whole week dedicated to the Disney princess theory. That by saying like Disney princesses are doing more harm than good to kids.
1: See, I believe that. And you know, I want to be a Disney princess. Oh yeah. More than anything. Exactly. Right. But I believe that it's true because growing up as a little girl, I believe that I have to wait for a man to save me and I have to wait for a man to do all these things, but You know, shut up. (laughs) You guys can't see it, but he's giving me this look right now. Uh, Yeah, you're right. I did save you. I am Prince Charming. I don't see any white horse. That's for damn sure. (laughs) Only Larry. (laughs) And that I'm used to. Uh, Unfortunately, your horse can't see very well.
0: Uh, He's cheap. There you go. (laughs) Sorry,
1: Larry. We love you. Um, But... You know, growing up, I saw these girls do this. And it wasn't until, like, you know, you got into that Star Wars era and all these feminist, like, princesses started showing up. And Mm. then as that happened, I was like, I don't think I want to be them anymore. Mm. Like, I still want to be them. Like, I want the flowy dresses and I want the flowy hair and I want to live in a castle with a crown. Mm. But I don't want to wait for a man to
0: save me. Right. You want to build it yourself.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I want to go out, I want to fight an army, I want to do what the boys do.
0: And they'll make a man out of you for sure.
1: That's a good movie. <laughs> and, come on, you, you have to say, let's get down to business of to course. defeat the Huns, okay? Yeah. And, and
0: it's funny, like that's probably like one of the, um, we're referencing Mulan if anybody has it. Like, just, just <laughs> if get you that don't reference. know that
1: reference, I mean, come on now.
0: Um, that's probably the Disney movie I've probably seen the least. Really? Because when I came out as a kid, I, it was probably uh, – because I probably was raised like, oh. What is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Despite the fact that like one of the earliest movies I ever saw was The Terminator, and that's a movie about a woman being empowered and taking control of life and the destiny right. of the whole world. So you figure I would that would have – I ate that up. I didn't, but I Scott older. I'm just like started to realize I start to appreciate movies where the women are in – those roles. That's why I'm a huge fan of James Cameron. That's why I'm a huge fan of Buff, of Josh Whedon stuff.
1: Love Buffy.
0: And the one movie that's going to be at the number one of both of our lists that we saw, yes, after we we won't we won't reference. We won't get <laughs> we'll get to it soon. Um, and like the only thing like like Tomorrowland almost made the list. It's like if I if I expanded to fifteen, it would definitely would have. Um, but like the one like problem that I guess people have with the movie is that. The message becomes too beating you over the head. But maybe it needed to be like that.
1: I I think it does. I like going back to the whole science conversation.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Nobody really talks about it. No. Nobody really talks about the education and whatever. And nobody really talks about change.
0: No. And Hugh Laurie's character is saying it's like there's no way of changing. That's his whole point. Exactly. And that – the female character and George Clooney, like, George Clooney learns to change, stuff like that. Like, the main character, she starts the same way and ends the same way. She's consistent throughout the all yeah. she She kind of dips, like, maybe they're right or not. But she's the constant flow of that. George Clooney's the one with the character arc. And. Yeah. And it's, like, that moment that it's the one line that always stuck with me is, like, there's obesity in the world and famine. How can that exist with a race like this? How could a world survive with a race like that? And I'm just like, and that's why, because, like, when we got out of that movie, I was kind of dumbstruck. I didn't say anything for, like, almost a half an hour. and you were It's ca- a
1: smart movie, yeah. And, and
0: he was like, is you okay? I was just processing it. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, what? Do I, I don't know what I say about that.
1: Our culture is based on some pretty messed up things. <laughs> and I love, like, the
0: beginning of the movie, like, they keep, like, it keeps cutting through all of her classes and they, every teacher is just this doom and gloom. They mentioned like, 1984, which is a, like one of the most famous novels of the 20th century and it's an extremely dark view of how our society is going to go. And then, and she's like, why can't we change that? Why do we have that? Why is post-apocalyptic movies so popular? It's just one of those things that's always brought up in, in huh. pop culture these days. But I love the one moment is that since, is, is the Star Wars recent acquisition <laughs> for Tomorrowland and she ends up going to, a, to, like a novelty store at one point. Yes. And, um, well, one of the guys from Keen Peel shows up and he doors open with a Star Wars theme and it closes on him accidentally. <laughs> so you see all the Star Wars merchandise along with like Plan the Ace merchandise throughout it. I'm just like, wow, you guys acquired uh, Star Wars. It's like, let's put that in everything right now. Let's just do it.
1: <laughs> it's coming out soon. Let's just do it, okay? Yeah.
0: And it's one of the most imaginative movies I've ever seen. Yeah. And then, like, especially like that. using like the the Eiffel Tower as a spaceship to Tomorrowland and everything like I that. I
1: found that so cool, okay?
0: And I'm like, and it should have, I don't know, like, maybe I have to rewatch it because I kind of wanted to rewatch it before I did this list, but I was like, we've been so long to do this list long enough, so.
1: That's true, too.
0: And, but keeping, do you have anything else you want to say about that? No, we're good. But keeping in the sci-fi mood, my number eight is Ex Machina. Now, this movie is about the birth of artificial intelligence right. told through this. Now, Oscar Isaac, who played Poe in Star Wars: Force Awakens, yes, is kind of like the Steve Jobs character named Nathan, who's the one who built the Ava, the AI that's in Ex Machina, and Don uh, Dormel Gleason, who plays uh, Bill Weasley in the Harry Potter ones, and General Hux in Force Awakens. Don't trust it, Weasley. Now, is wins a lottery to come to his retreat, where Oscar Isaac is kind of like. I was saying this kind of weird Howard Hughes, Steve Jobs kind of character. It's like, I have something new I'm coming out and I want to show one of my employees and he's one of them. Gets chosen, goes to his place in the mountains, middle of nowhere, hours and hours away from everybody. It's where you find out that he's built AI and he wants to see if can this be considered true artificial intelligence and go through test and have them almost do a psychological profile on this robot. Right. And it's you could argue, like, it's just, like, it's taking the ideas of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and expanding upon it, but I think that's the best part of it, and that Oscar Isaac is kind of, like, not, like, I am just a really studious scientist. No, he's he's kind of a drunk, and he's, right. of, and he's a musclehead, too. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, he's he's constantly working out in the movie, and he, and he has this one moment where he's, and he, we find out that he's built other robots, too. Oh, wow. This is not the first one. Okay. And this is just the latest model. And there's one other like Asian girl that's on the like uh, on the with the home. We find out she's a robot and stuff like that. And there's one awkward scene where he's that uh, Oscar Isaac's talking to Gleason, and they start Oscar Isaac and the Asian girl to start dancing while explaining. And it's just this weird out of like like <laughs> full full like dance number while having this like conversation. You're know, like, I mean like lights change and everything like that. Music bumping and you're like.
1: What drug did like, I just take? Yeah, like
0: I, we are through the looking glass right now. Right at this, I don't moment. know if I want to be here. And it's like we're saying it's a pure acting piece. It is. Prim- it's primarily one location, and it's what hard science fiction is all about. You like Star Wars and things of that nature. That's si- that's science fantasy.
1: No, that so, I agree with.
0: Like things like iRobot or Star Trek or even Ender's Game. Star Trek Troopers, that's hard. That's science fiction. That's hard science fiction. Somebody said soft science fiction and hard science fiction. Uh, somebody described it as, like, Star Wars, science, soft science fiction. Like Isaac Asimov and, like, things that Jules Verne and H.D. Wells wrote. Right. Based on science of the time. Yeah. That's hard science fiction. That's what X-Men kind of falls into. And since it was a lower budget in movie, it didn't... It doesn't take that much to recoup. I mean, it did okay box office-wise. It had a limited release. And, I mean... It was coming out the same year as the Avengers, where AI was born, and what does it do? Take, off, take over the world. And it's one of the <laughs> highest grossing movies of last year. Right. Is I just feel like those kind of movies should be, need to be shepherded and need to be, like, we need to have more of those movies. And I, and I really enjoyed the performances in that. And seeing what Oscar Isaac does as Poe, a few months later, he's like, that's She's the same insane. actor? And I'm like, you're not, it's, and then what we're going to be seeing in X Men Apocalypse as. Apocalypse. So he's gonna probably be a chameleon in that as well. So That's I highly that recommend it. that seeing that. That's and neat. I do have that, so we do do have to watch that. Yes, we do. All right. And what is your number seven? Moving on.
1: Seven is straight out of Compton.
0: Straight out of Compton.
1: Loved straight out of Con- uh, Compton. <laughs> straight that out of what? Big. Compton.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: you know what I'm getting at.
0: <laughs> I like to see straight out of Compton. <laughs> Uh, What? 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 (laughs) It's
1: alright, keep that in mind, it's not as bad as when we went to go see Total Recall and Terminator 2, and you go up to the guy and go, yeah, I'd like to uh, get one ticket for the double feature of uh, Terminator 2 and Total Recall. That was an accident. We all stopped and just looked at you and you were like, yeah, Total Recall. Yeah.
0: What, two please? Why is count Compton number seven?
1: <laughs> the flow of it. And I have to say that every single character that was in that movie mm. was dead
0: on. Mm.
1: Like, the casting director did a wonderful job on picking these guys out.
0: Well, choosing Ice Cube's son is kind of an easy one. But, like, then That's again, he, he could have been a terrible actor.
1: That's true, too. But, like, oh my God, he looks spitting image like he's his clone. It's yeah. crazy. Um, I like the flow of it, and I liked the backstories to each, and it, you know, it hits you in certain fields, and then the, you get like rage, and you're like, yeah, and then other moments you're just like, oh, that's kind of sad,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, that just hit me in the feels. <laughs> Let's go back to the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's how I feel about
0: Jane Constant. <laughs> and it was one of those experiences that, like, like a Scorsese movie, it's a two and a half hour movie that flies. Yeah, you know, show. It, it is great pacing throughout and like you're saying that like paul g as their manager and everything like that was great yeah. um and i think one of the moments that stood out for me and it's obviously a moment they want to stand out it's during uh, during the story of the nwa and all these things that happened in los angeles at the time like the uh uh the cops and racial
1: profile yes
0: the case and i'm just trying to remember um Rodney King. I almost yes, said Don Rodney King. I'm, King. Like, I'm like, not Don King. Rodney King. The post-Verdict uh, uh, Rodney King riots. The early riots and then one moment. Like, they set up early in the movie, like, Bloods and Crips do not like each other. That's a, that's a hard fact for that. has been almost like 40 years of this Yeah. Movie. And it's this one image where a Blood and a Crip had tied their bandanas together. And they're holding each end. And they're facing off against the riot officers in downtown Los Angeles and stuff like that. And you're like... That's an Ooh, image that you know, stays in your mind. And you're, and you're like, you're like oh, wow. And you're like, huh? And like, and then, you, then, then we find out how and people who do not know the story, and then you find out how batshit sh- crazy Shug Knight is and stuff like <laughs> that. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> and you're <laughs> like, and then of course it raises the question. It definitely leans on the question, like, did he give easy like? Did he give him AIDS Did, like during that brawl that they had That's in the insane. studio? They kind Because of, I didn't know about that before going into the movie, but like how they filmed that, that and then it's brought up like afterwards, like after the movie's over, and you're like, huh, wait a second here.
1: Hold on. Let me think about that for a second.
0: Uh, and, like, one of the favorite well, moments is like they get to an arena and it says, you cannot play, fuck there's a police, or yeah. we're shutting the place down. And if and you if say was,
1: anything bad about the police, we're shutting you down. If you do this, we're shutting you down. They're like, okay. All right. And
0: so the concert starts going, then they play, and then a riot breaks out there, and they try to escape, and they all get arrested for it.
1: Though they're still on the stairs, and the cops are walking away, and uh, the guy's like, wait, I have one more thing to say. The cops turn around and go, the police, you know? And it's <laughs> like, okay, yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, and it shows the cult, and then has that kind of epilogue of like where everybody is now and it's funny if I'm not mistaken the guy who shot the movie Friday okay made this and we see uh, like Ice Cube writing the script of Friday in there and then we see clips of that I think during like the epilogue of where they are now And and I'm not shocked that there was a Beats logo scene when we see Doctor Dre today, and I'm like, That's of course so there right, is.
1: There was.
0: I'm like, because we can't go anywhere without seeing a Beats logo. Whatever you see, any music video today or some commercials, there's always see the Beats That's logo true. somewhere.
1: I think, like even in your dreams, you just see a Beats logo somewhere. <laughs> That's how often you see it. But you gotta make your money somehow, mm-hmm. right?
0: You have anything else you want to say about it? No, that's mm-hmm. it. Okay, but keeping, uh, in, it's funny enough. Keep like we didn't, we did not tell you what what's on our list. No, yeah, we this didn't is, actually. This, this is completely like new to us. And but like another uh, movie about empowering African Americans that came out this year. My number seven, Creed. Mm, okay and I, I didn't see this with you i saw this with larry yes you did you're uh, on the line uh yes <laughs> uh, there's a podcast review of that on soundcloud.com if you want to check that out um and of course this is the sequel to long long uh, ongoing uh rocky series where it's kind of like almost like a spin-off at this point it's taking place ye- like In real time, ten years like after the movie Rocky Balboa, right? And it's about Adonis Creed, who is the child born out of wetlock of Apollo Creed, trying to make his name for himself. And the performances in there by Michael B. Jordan and and Sylvester Stallone, fantastic. The story is great, and it's the one and the reason why. And it's just one line in this movie that, (laughs) it's the reason why it's on my list. Then. Rocky's about to call... It's the end of the movie that he's about to call the fight because he doesn't want to lose him like he lost his father. Right. And he's like, no, don't throw in the towel. And he says, why, kid? Why do you want to do this? And he says, I want to prove the world that I'm not a mistake. And you're just like, oh. <sighs> and then he's like, all right, final round. And he stands up. And he's like, dun, 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 dun. And then the Rocky theme jumps in. And you're like, oh, like, just knock his blog off. Do whatever you can. Yeah. And then at the final image <laughs> is like, Michael B. Jordan bringing Sylvester Sloan up the fi- the famous stairs, but he's he's going up as an old man, so he's kind of struggling and trying to get his way up. And he's like, "Hold on, hold on, hold on!" <sighs> All right, and then finally gets up the final step, you can see the whole world from here. That's how I always vision it. And I'm like, that's the perfect way to end that movie, and that's that why. It's, that. And that's why it's on number seven on my list. Really enjoy it. Check it out.
1: I love a good boxing flick once in a while. Oh yeah!
0: I? I mean, it's just one of those things that's been part of of cinema. Of course, like yeah. even back back to the thirties and onward, boxing movies has always been a part of it. And that's it's true. and I have not seen the fighter, and I've been told to see the fighter with Mark Marky Mark and Christian Bale.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Marky Mark, and the Funky Bunch. Bunch. <laughs> it's Marky Mark, and Christian Bale. <laughs> and. Um, moving on, what's your number six?
1: Number six was the Man from Uncle. Really? Yeah.
0: Why was Man from Uncle? Well, give us like what's the story of Man from Uncle?
1: Man from Uncle, I, what is was based on a television show. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Right? It was kind of like the American James Bond. Yeah, thing. that's pretty much
0: how it was pitched as. Um,
1: and you know what was it? Russia and America, right? Mm-hmm. Um, their two best spies hate each other. Like they're every time they see each other, it's like. You know, explosions happen. Fights are happening. People are bleeding. Bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Well, now all of a sudden they're forced to work together mm-hmm. because of um, someone was taken. Right? Refresh my memory. Yeah. Uh, well, they, yes. they
0: they to build a, like a nuclear bomb.
1: Yeah, they want they have to go stop this nuclear bomb and stuff like that. And it's just it's just a lot of fun mm-hmm. because you love to see these two actors who are supposed to hate each other, end up liking each other at the end. And yeah. you're like, see, everyone loves each other now. And then you have, um, what's her name?
0: Oh, crap. I totally, have- I'm yeah, totally blanking on Yeah, I can't remember her name. her
1: name. But, uh, the female spy at the end of that movie, she was just dead on, perfect, funny, kick-ass, mm-hmm. you know, just the way she just, ah, oh, you know, tackles, um, What's his face to the ground?
0: I yeah, uh, Alicia uh, Vikander play who, play who plays Gabby in the movie.
1: Gabby,
0: yes, and she, she tackles Army Hammer to the ground and stuff like yes, that. Yes, yes. Because they're supposed to be a married couple at that point. They can, you couldn't. Ha- they have like a negative chemistry. That's how little chemistry they have between you the two of them.
1: Literally, look at them and go. The two of you are married. <laughs> like
0: something's wrong in Denmark. There. Yeah, and like. Um, Henry Cavill plays Apollon Solo, who, who is currently Superman in the the Justice League series. And army player, Army Hammer plays um, Ila. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, who you recognize the most as the Lone Ranger in the yeah. kind of the semi flop for Disney, as well as in the Social Network, he played the the winkwater uh, the, not the the uh, the twins that sued uh, Mark Zuckerberg for sending the idea that's of right. uh, Facebook and. It's funny, I'm I'm watching Henry Cavill putting on an American accent, which he does a very good job as. If you watch that anime, you're just like, wow, you would not believe this guy is British. Yeah. And he's just, he is so good in this movie, I'm like, I want him to be James Bond. He is so smooth, yes. and he and he looks so sharp in the suits, I'm just like...
1: I think at one point you turned around to me and went, yeah, I have a new man crush
0: yeah, <laughs> I
1: have a good day. I'm like... Wow. He, right. he's a good
0: looking man. What do you want me to say? I'm <laughs>
1: not denying. And he had this he, had this
0: he had the Superman like <laughs> like twirling his hair too and I'm just like how can you not?
1: <laughs> I have to say he is a good looking man and yeah. I'm pretty sure if he decided to whisk me away, I don't think he'd be that mad, honestly. I, I, I'd be
0: like I'm honored. <laughs>
1: you want my girlfriend? Take her, she's yours. Excuse me, hello.
0: I'll help you pack. <laughs> <laughs> <What?
1: gasps> What's happening?
0: And like it is a period piece um, set in the 1960s, directed by Guy Ritchie, who's done Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, yep. Snatch, the Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock movies, among other things. Married Madonna at one point. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And that's why there the, the, the was that – uh, she was in a remake of a really great romance movie that flopped. In the every sense of the word. He also did, right, uh, Guy Ritchie also did Rock and Rolla as well. I
1: love Rock and Rolla.
0: And it's funny because Guy Ritchie's worked, like Matthew Vaughn produced most of his movies earlier on. And a lot of people in those movies have shown up in Matthew Vaughn's movies, things like Kick-Ass and uh, X-Men First Class and right. other things. Do you have any other, anything else you want to say about Matt From Uncle? <laughs> like the like i was almost considering it to putting it on the list as well along with specter but i was like i think it's because the climax is rather it's a it's a montage yes. of like the big assault on the bad guy's base and it's like yeah. goes from nighttime to daytime really quickly yeah
1: that's true too it
0: definitely seems like something was cut out there if something something seemed very rushed yeah i just liked it because i thought it was fun yeah no no it's <laughs> a lot of fun and seeing the two lead actors interact best part of the movie i could watch that for hours yeah And I hope it made enough to warrant a sequel. I don't know if it's going to happen.
1: I hope so, too. I mean, I would definitely like to see more of these three and their chemistry together. Because at the end, they do end up working very, very well together. Mm -hmm. You know, you have the straight-up good-looking American spy, the typical, like, playboy American spy. Yeah. Then you have the Russian brute, and then you have this pretty young spy. Mm-hmm. And then you don't think, like, all of that's gonna mesh together, mm-hmm. but it does at the end of this movie.
0: And, and you just like, hopefully... And then you got Hugh Grant who ends up becoming, like, their... who becomes their, uh, commander at the end of the movie, and they kind yeah. of set it up for it that will have a se- series and stuff like that. Uh... Budget of seventy five million dollars. Okay. Made a little over a hundred.
1: Uh, I don't think we're getting a sequel. Oh no! Any time no. Soon. <laughs> I mean, if, if
0: Dread doesn't get a sequel, I doubt this is going to get a sequel. But I'll still buy the Blu Ray just to have it in my collection. I mean, like if you're if you're big into espionage movies, I say check it out.
1: Definitely check it out. Yeah.
0: All right, and. It's so weird. Like, our list is just so mirrored and stuff like that. Going from one espionage Spies. movie to another. My number six, Bridge of Spies.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Uh, Steven Spielberg directed, Tom Hanks starring, <laughs> written by the Coen brothers. Ooh. And it's about the that Tom Hanks plays his lawyer who's um, approached by the U.S. government to sanction the kind of a... Peace, not a peace offering, but a exchange of a Russia spy that the American government has captured at the beginning of the movie right. for a spy pilot that was shot down over behind enemy lines. And the whole movie is just him like, trying to negotiate one for one. Like, let's hope like, we just right. switch it. No problem. And hope everything goes okay. But he's getting pressure from the American public saying, why are we hanging him for, as a traitor? Why are you defending him? So, like, the whole American public is turned against him. And he says, "All right, we're going to bring you to East Berlin to do the the uh, exchange while the wall is being built up, and you right. have, and you you'll be out of contact with anybody who can really help you, and you're going to be living behind enemy lines, pretty much, to do this. Oh, and, you're, and you're just like it's like a no win situation. And the actor who's playing the the Russian spy is really just very just very stone faced and stuff like that. And he was like." He's like, you're relatively calm in this situation you 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 think you'd be a little more agitated or upset would it help if I was
1: <laughs>
0: and he would always ask that and he's always a very calm person who's just doing his job and there's a mutual respect between the two of them right and just the Cohen brothers writing I mean it's not like raising Arizona right it's not being chased <laughs> I love by raising Arizona it's not being chased by a pack of dogs to uh, a supermarket <laughs> for a uh, uh, thing of huggies or anything like That's that right I'm going to take these huggies and whatever you got in the cast register.
1: Puts the thing on his head. Go, go, go. Son of a bitch.
0: I, to pull I that. just need you to
1: do single lift here. Great.
0: <laughs> Fix it up. Son, you got a panty on your head. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> oh, we got to go see daddy. The <laughs> moment um, went. John Goodman and William Forsyth start beating Nicolas Cage up, and he lands on the cheese jewels <laughs> on his face It's just starts screaming. <laughs> ah! <laughs> it's not like that. It's a much more serious Cover Brothers movie. And just seeing Spielberg work with the camera setups, the production design, and then the acting, superb. And it's uh, like his last movie he did was Lincoln, another period piece, and stuff like that. Right. It's kind of hard to sit down and watch Lincoln. Without like a history textbook in front of you,
1: that's true. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's a good movie overall, but it feels like I feel like I should be more educated on this to get this to enjoy this more. British spies yeah. is like you can sit that and put that on and enjoy it for what it is. It's and, like, oh,
1: I I actually understand this. I don't need a book in front of me to be telling me what's going on right mm-hmm.
0: now. Um, and then I'm like, all right, cool. We got another Spielberg movie, and he's like in his 70s. So I'm, or he's close to his 70s. I think he's like 67 now. And I'm like, and he's still putting out work. I'm like, I'm happy. And then yeah. th- there's the, the BFG that's coming, the big friendly giant that he's doing the annotation. I'm so
1: for. excited for this
0: movie. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, like this is right up his alley and I cannot wait for her.
1: Like the child in me, I think, screamed when I found out that this was becoming a movie because I enjoyed the book a whole lot and just was like, ah!
0: I actually never read the book when I was really? a child. I know, I know. Yeah. it's weird because I haven't read that and I haven't read where the wild are, where the wild things are. <gasps> I told you that. No,
1: you didn't.
0: Vicky has a tattoo of a line of the wild things are on, on her. It's
1: like my favorite book of all time.
0: You and Fred. <laughs> hey. No, no, Don't no. Judge it. I'm not judging. You. I'm saying, like, <laughs> like Fred has like constantly for the longest time. Wear the t shirt of like the cover of where the wild things are. Lovely. Anyway. Moving, you don't know
1: it, read it. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like 12 pages. It would it, take me five minutes to read, if that.
1: I'll let you borrow
0: it. Thank, I have it. Thank you. <laughs>
1: You're welcome.
0: Moving on to number five. What's your number five?
1: Number five is The Kingsman. Funny. Is it yours too? Yeah. This is, like I said, we. I,
0: didn't I specifically know. Just said, like, let, let's keep it a secret between the two yeah. of us.
1: So this is funny, actually. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. You start.
1: I. Seriously love this movie. I love it. I say that I wrote about every movie on this list, but this movie just packs a punch <laughs> from the very beginning to this poor kid who has a very crappy life. Mm. Of you know, his mother's boyfriend beats on him. He's just mixed up in the wrong crowd. Until one day he goes into a pub and he almost gets into a fight with someone. Right. And then he meets this guy who's like Okay. Come with me. Mm-hmm. And it's like what's going to happen? Yeah. Like is he a wizard? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> you realize I had to make that, right? Yes. And he, he just from that moment on, you're just like
0: Ah. <laughs> and, 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 and it just it, it revitalizes the Jane like this spy formula being respectful for where it came from. Yes. And they they point out, like, James Bond, Jason Bourne, Jack Bauer in there. Like They, and they do, yeah. And, 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 like, they're fully aware of it. They're, like, self-referential in there. But they still – and, they, and the, the whole point of the movie is to never forget where you came from because it, it defines part of you, but it's where you go from there. That's where your true person is. Like, Egg- Eggsy knows where he came from. It becomes a Kingsman to find out who he really is. Yeah, um, Colin Firth's performance.
1: Oh, he was beautiful in that movie.
0: Samuel, Samuel Jackson as the villain with the lisp <laughs> was really. Do
1: you want Burger King? You got Burger King. <laughs> who, who, who
0: can't this, who can't stand the sight of blood yet creates a program to go in your iPhones and your Androids to, when turned Destroy on, beca- you kill everybody and. <laughs> If, any, if there's one part of this movie that, like, that's you'll never forget, it's the church sequence.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. That sequence stuck in my mind for a good solid two weeks.
0: And it's, like, Colin Firth is following up a lead who he's the one who kind of drafted Eggsy to be in part of, of the Kingsman, even though, like, Eggsy, like, He's like, um, you have to kill your dog to be a complete a full member. It's like, Oh, my God, that scene. And like Michael Kane Michael Kane is is the guy who's running it. It's like, if you can't kill a dog, how can we expect you to kill anybody in the field?
1: Okay, first off, a dog and a person are totally due to different things.
0: Granted, it, there were blanks in the gun. There was, but, but he didn't know that at no, the time. They, that, that, that's the whole point of the test, to see if you're willing to pull that trigger
1: see, I can do it. I'd be like, no, this is my best friend. Don't make me do it. Yeah. I will kill any bad guy known to man, but that is my best friend. That is the only thing that has shown me any compassion whatsoever throughout my journey. Mm-hmm. Don't make me kill it.
0: And Colin Firth follows up this lead to this church, in, I think, in Tennessee or something like that. And yeah. it's, a, it's a parody of the West Bowl Baptist Church for sure.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> and
0: then, like, He's, and it's funny because you got like all these like southern extreme Christian fundamentalists screaming in the church as Colin Firth in his nice suit just like
1: – Oh, this is nice. There's
0: another parishioner there. You're like, what's up? One of these things is not, not like, like the, the other. other. And it's you. <laughs> and he gets up to leave and that's when Samuel Jackson turns on this program that makes everybody extremely violent. And that's when they put in Free Bird by Leonard Skinner during the guitar solo yes. as Colin Firth as the church – rips itself apart from the inside <laughs> and they try and make it look like it's all one take and everything like that but you got to tell when people fly past the camera that's where they hide the yeah. cuts and like people taking access to the forehead and stuff like that like
1: it gets it gets graphic like to a point where you're like i wasn't expecting any of this like this is a lot of blood
0: <laughs> i mean it's from the same writer who did kick ass and Matthew Vaughn adapted the first. He did the first Kick-Ass movie, and like you know, the violence in that you kind of expected here. So it, right. But if you're just going into it, you're like, "Whoa, I was not expecting this." Nor are I expecting the offer of anal sex at the end of the movie.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. That happened.
0: And he's like, "Oh, oh we'll, we'll sleep together if you kill the bad guy." And he's like, "All right, wait, wait, wait one more thing. We'll let you do in the butt." He's like, <gasps> "I'll be right back."
1: Give me two seconds.
0: <laughs> and you're just like. What? Seriously? And then it ends with like his point of view as he's climbing behind her from like his camera point of view. And he's like, oh, oh. Oh. She was not kidding. And Mark Strong, who's, like I said, Matthew Bond, who produced like Guy Ritchie's movies. Mark Strong was a rock and roller as... Um, oh, crap. <laughs> uh, he was the... Second command, the Abby like Abby like slap or something like that, and like my favorite moments is he's watching the monitors and everything going down and seeing everybody die at the end. He's like, oh, that is fucking brilliant! <laughs> and just his very just very cold and quiet person kind of losing shit at one point. It's really funny to see, <laughs> and I hope sure. they make, I hope they make a sequel. They should.
1: They really should. It was it was a very enjoyable movie, and it definitely left me going yeah, I kind of want to see more of these characters and I want to see more of the wacky things that they're going to do and mm-hmm. who else is going to die and the girl with the blades for legs. <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome. We need more of that.
0: <laughs> and Mark Hamill, in the beginning, you told talk- me, yes. and you were like, "That's is that
1: Mark Hamill? That is Mark
0: Hamill. And I've always said, whenever I do his impression of the Joker, it's kind of like a Brit- British tinge to it. It does, Like actually. That's how I had to do to get to it. And it's funny because he's playing a British character like this and you're like, you hear him yell, and you're like, ooh, there's the Joker's voice right in there. Right there. And is fantastic to see, even though he's in the movie for, like, five minutes.
1: Sure. Um, but you're like, that's Mark Hamill. Oh, my God, I'm going to stick around for this.
0: <coughs> Are you okay? I am slowly dying. Hold on, folks.
1: And that last drop of water.
0: Oh, it actually helped. <laughs>
1: oh.
0: If, if ever I need an Oasis, all I know is I only need one drop and I'll be fine. Moving oh, on. Good. Sorry about that, folks. Moving on to number four. What is your number four?
1: The Hateful Eight. Really? Yeah. Despite that one scene that I still can't get out of my head, by the way. And I know what you think about it, do you?
0: Yeah, because it's the only scene that I think is really out of place in that movie. But go okay. on. Tell us. What is The Hateful Eight about?
1: The Hateful Eight is about... Um, What's his name? God, I'm having such a blank today. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. And he takes in this woman who has killed God only knows how many people. And he's about, she's about to hang him. Or he's about to hang him, right. her.
0: Right. I should say.
1: Um, so on their journey, they meet... Um,
0: Samuel Jackson. Samuel
1: Jackson. I can't think today, people. I'm so sorry. Today? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I may be a blonde, but hey.
0: Hey, it's for horses now. What do you want?
1: Shut up, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Um, And he meets a bunch of other people at this, um, what is it? Um, Haberdashery.
0: The Haberdashery, which is my new favorite word, by the way. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard the word Haberdashery used in anything like this movie.
1: I think Quentin Tarantino just said, what can I use that's going to be so obstructed in this movie? Haberdashery. Yeah, that's it, and um, just a lot of things go down. I don't want to give too many away because it is still a new film, and, and it's I,
0: it's it's a mystery
1: exactly. And I don't want to like give any spoilers. No, but just at the end, and especially that one scene with Samuel Jackson, you kind of look at this movie and you go, "Damn!" Like just damn. Like I left satisfied at the end of that movie because it's quentin tarantino mm. especially when it was very calm and tame at the beginning of the movie you're like all right something's coming off let's go where's where's the bloodshed there's usually a lot of blood by now and then towards that end you're like
0: there it is yeah okay <laughs> and the characters who end up together for like the last act you would not expect to be there from when no, the movie started
1: you don't
0: and um we got the chance to see it in the roadshow Form in the seventy millimeter film, yes we did, and it was absolutely gorgeous. And it's funny because it takes place during winter, and everybody's hiding from a blizzard in this habitat tree. Now I totally know they turn on the ACs when it was in while they were playing it. Oh
1: my god, it got so it, cold! It then. was a four D
0: experience, and the funny thing is, like if you've listened to the Wizards of Oz podcast, that I've gone to Oswego, where it's like we get lake effect of snow because we're right on Lake Ontario. Yeah. There are moments where they will around the snow like, and I'm having like these kind of like non-flashbacks of Oswego. just like, oh, oh, oh. Whew. It just got really cold in here. Yeah. And then, of course, once they put the intermission up, it got so hot in there. You're like, <gasps> Yeah. At
1: that point, people were like taking off sweatshirts. I saw some people who were ripping off blankets. They were like, what the hell happened? They were fanning themselves. And then as soon as that movie started back up again, they were like, all right, I needed to wear like six or seven layers. That's how cold it was in yeah. there.
0: And the performances are great. Oh, it's, a, it's just the one scene that kind of like, <laughs> I think it's the only reason why this is, I'll, I'll admit, it's not on my top ten list because I think it just, it seems so out of left field for everything that was set up at that point. For And I think that's what kind of hurt it. And that's the only thing that's that kind of bothered me about that movie. Everything else, though, is fantastic. There's a surprise A-list actor in the movie that you don't see until the second half like five minutes.
1: I don't even think it was five minutes. <laughs> if
0: that. And and... He's, and it's his best performance of his career.
1: It really is, actually. Not, I'm
0: not saying he said anything bad against his career, because I think he is actually a good actor if he's given the right material. That's but a... given him with a, like a master like Tarantino, and you get a really good performance out of him.
1: Quentin Tarantino is just a, a great director mm-hmm. on purpose. I mean, look at Pulp Fiction and mm-hmm. Kill Bill, and those were the movies that made me like really get into him, mm-hmm. especially Kill Bill, because I thought like. How kick ass is Uma Thurman in that oh, movie? Yeah. Like I thought, I wanted to be Uma Thurman because mm-hmm. I was like, she's getting revenge. She just killed an entire army of people. Like how crazy kick ass is that?
0: And and, and the reason why like people say it's all one movie and stuff like that, you yeah, got to it. But I'm like, I like the second half more. Granted, it's more of a western than a kung fu movie, really? but you I think like I like the second half more. Yeah.
1: That's funny because I liked the first
0: half Most people do because it's, I think, like, you could argue it is better paced. Mm. And the second half, like, it is a bloodshed and it's a true Tarantino movie at that point. But I think it's the scenes with her and her daughter and Mm. the scenes with her and and David Carradine I think I really like. Especially the scene about comic books about the deconstruction of what Superman is. Yes. And anyway, anything else you want to say about it?
1: No, we're all good. And you?
0: Uh, my number four, Inside Out.
1: Oh, I love that movie. That's funny because Inside Out's my number three.
0: All right, we'll go. We'll we'll just move right into that. Um, oh my god, it is. It's.
1: It takes you from one place of this happy, free-filling Disney movie, and then all of a sudden, bam! <laughs> it just.
0: I think the adults are crying more than the kids in that yeah. movie.
1: I looked over, now my eyes were filled with tears too, but I looked over to this side where you were sitting and I looked over to this side. The two girls who were like, oh, this is just going to be a fun little movie, haha, were holding each other, crying hysterically. Hysterically into one another i looked over to you you're crying hysterically i'm crying hysterically i'm pretty sure the person in front of me was crying hysterically so this movie just gets you on a whole lot of feels it,
0: I, I feel like since pixar's been around since, like making movies since 1995 starting with toy story it definitely seems like this movie is made for people our age and our parents oh yeah like that. definitely it definitely seems like it was more for adults than actual kids yeah and, like, starting from the lava song, like, the lava volcano. Oh, yeah. Like, I, lo- I lava you so much. And you're just like, oh, why can't this volcano get love? <gasps> He's going to massacre a entire tribe of people one day if he doesn't get love. <laughs> he finally got
1: love. And he formed Hawaii. Yeah, Yay! <laughs>
0: Exactly. Go Hawaii! <laughs> and then inside I with, like, dealing with that, like, the lessons of, like, you can't be happy all the time. You need sadness in your life, it's and like, true. and even sadness is going to be attached to those old memories that you thought were pure joy. And Bing Bong.
1: Oh, stop! Don't even mention that name. And then like, oh, we, <laughs> we,
0: and Bing Bong sacrificing himself to the subconscious to help joy. You're like, <gasps> and I'm just, and I texted Dakota, and I'm like. I could show you one image right now, and I know I can make you cry. And he's like, "What?" And I just sent a picture of Bing Bong disappearing. He's like, "You son of a <laughs> bitch!" And he's like, i like, I know." Bing Bong, and then uh, yeah, the opposite. And you had like the future boyfriend. And it's like all the clones of the future boyfriend. That
1: Justin Bieber lookalike. Yeah, of, I'll die I, I die for Haley.
0: I die for Haley. I die for Haley. I'm Spartacus.
1: I'm Spartacus.
0: <laughs> and it's one of the few movies that. that that represent uh, people wanting to play hockey and girls want to play hockey. So yeah. not, like, I've all like, recently thinking like, why like the big, like big four, because I work, my second job is working with dealing uh, video archiving the highlights for the big four sports, NFL, NBA, my. NHL, and NFL. And I'm just like, why isn't there like, because there's this WNBA and then there's the NBA and stuff like that. There's like field, women's field hockey and then there's ice hockey and stuff like that. And then there's women playing ice hockey and, College and stuff like right, that. Right. Yeah. Why aren't they sports integrated? Right. And like some people argue, like if NFL, you have a guy who's six foot six, three hundred twenty pounds, running at you at full force, saying mm. a woman as big as it is, like like how the, you could argue the skeleton being pile piledrive practically by like. Well-
1: Actually, here's a little science tip for you. Women are actually built a little stronger than men mm-hmm. because we have the babies. Right. And our body is used to taking extreme hits like that. Mm-hmm. So to say that, yeah, all right, you have a 160-something pound woman versus a 160-pound man. Right. There's a huge difference there. Yeah. A man is built a little bigger because he's used to the strength and Whatever of it. Mm-hmm. Women are built to this size because we do hold the children more. Mm-hmm. But um I, I I can definitely see that point. But I do believe that some sports should be integrated, yeah. like basketball. Yeah. Seriously, why do we need a female basketball and a men's basketball? Mm-hmm. It's not like now hockey I can see being integrated because those men do get forceful. But I'm guess, not saying that it shouldn't be. I
0: feel like it, that. That I feel like that's one of the sports that could be that could be done like that, and I think that should. Yeah. And like one of my favorite jokes in Family Guy history <laughs> is like. Yeah, I have as much fans as the WNBA and just cuts to an empty arena except for one guy like, (laughs) yay! I'm like, because that is so true, I am sorry. The WNBA is a sad organization when it comes to a fan base.
1: It is. Now, I have to say no no offense to those women. They are strong. They are empowering.
0: And I enjoy watching their games more than the NBA because I can't... Excuse me, I can't stand the NBA as it is, but moving on.
1: That's true, (laughs) too.
0: The game doesn't match the last ten minutes, and that takes another half an hour. Bullshit. <laughs> That's why I love hockey, because every point counts. Baseball, every point counts. That's true, too. Oh, every run counts. Same thing with football. All right. And it is one of the moments, like, that Pixar always does really great end credits as well. And it just sees all the people around San Francisco dealing with their emotions, and he cuts to a bus driver in traffic at rush hour. And yeah. just, it's just all anger in his subconscious. He's just like, ah! <laughs> I'm like, I just want to see this way to write, like, a, like The Onion, do an article, like, uh, bus, Pixar bus driver massacres the entire bus by opening up and unloading magazines rounds <laughs> into them or something like that. Something really dark in there. So but this is But I'm also the same person who thought Toy Story 3 should have ended with them being smelted to death.
1: Yeah, you kind of can be a dark person.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm a very positive person, so like, but uh, I do love morbid humor and stuff like you that. You do
1: know. that's That's a little scary.
0: I mean, like... Uh, Dakota and I were making jokes about the crucifixion and stuff like that like what how much quicker would it have be been if they had a nail gun like, that was the joke and stuff like
1: that you are a horrible individual like, Dakota and I stopped and
0: were like whoa it was kind of screwed up sorry let the, let the conversation drop and, like, and then we came back to it later I'm like hey at least I'm like I'm the kind of person who said crucifixion should have been sponsored by Coleman but fuck me right i don't know <laughs> i'm an asshole right <laughs> kind of <laughs> um
1: i'm i i i still love you though well, and fine. i'm pretty sure dakota still loves you
0: yes you have anything okay. else you want to say about inside out nope. i, I say you. check it out
1: right definitely check out inside out
0: uh, my number three, It Follows.
1: Ooh, yeah, I forgot about It Follows. That I need, was really good. I
0: need to have one horror movie to be on the list. It was either this or Insidious Chapter 3.
1: I forgot about Insidious Chapter 3. Oh, the feels in that movie.
0: Yeah, for a horror movie, you thought you wouldn't get that many feels. And it just, and it's just, uh, that'll be in my honorable mentions category. We'll get into we'll Insidious Chapter Please, 3. but yes. The reason why I love It Follows is because it's, it's fully aware of it's a slasher movie and the slasher con- confines, and yes. toys with it. Not in a screen way where they're poking, making reference to it, but like, all right, we have an unstoppable killing machine that you'll never outrun. It will walk. It will she never won't outrun it, and you shouldn't have sex because that's how the killer comes after you. It is a Physical representation of what an what STD could be in a slasher movie. Sure it's,
1: it's like the horror STD.
0: It is the horror STD. And you like, you have sex, you're going to have to deal with this, and you have to pass it on and move this person to somebody else. And yes. it's shot in Detroit and everything like that, and it follows these cat, this girl who loses her virginity to a guy she likes that's not like, I guess, not like the normal teenage boy, and then finds out that... Oh, you have to deal. You have to deal with this curse now. Oh
1: yeah. By the way, <laughs> and just abandons
0: her in her house and stuff like that. You are know, like
1: what? the He heck? doesn't even bother to dress her either. No, which he just drops her off. To- ticked me off a little bit. I'd be like, you gave me something, and you can't even bother to put me in back in my clothes. Yeah. Are you kidding
0: me? And it's <sighs> it's obviously like referential of, like, Halloween and, like, Nightmare yeah. Now, because it's shot in suburbs of, like, I was saying, Detroit. And it's kind of out of time. You don't know when this takes place, because they never use, like, an iMac or anything like that. Yeah. TVs are old.
1: It's very simple.
0: And, like, the only, like, they have, like, the sea... The one of the characters has, like, a seashell, like, almost, like, iPhone at one point.
1: I don't even think that was a phone. I think that was just some sort of Like, little... like an e-reader or something like that? Yeah. Okay.
0: And... And, like, you you could... It does have its artsier moments. Like... Yeah. They just had sex, and you just see the close-up of her hand playing with the weeds and stuff like that. And 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 you're like... All right, it's a little... Like, what does it mean? What does it
1: mean? And she's just like, you know, growth and...
0: And then he he, he chloroforms her right after that. And you're
1: like, what? What? What's he going to do to her? Oh, my God. Wait.
0: And... There's one moment when they're trying to find any information, and the camera spins at 360 degrees. That makes
1: me so sick to my stomach. <laughs> and
0: I'm like, it's a very bright, like, Brian De Palma is known for that. Like, if you watch, like, I have a poster of blowout on my wall that yes. you got me. Yes, I did. That one moment where John Travolta is going throughout his entire, like, uh, sound effects library, finds all of his tape is blank, and just goes 360 degrees several times around. And you're yeah. like, huh. Like, it's bold. I like it. Does it call attention to itself? Yeah, but it, I still enjoy it. But I think my favorite part of this movie, other than the cast, which is fantastic, is the soundtrack.
1: Yes. And okay. It,
0: and I listen to it constantly yes, at you work. Do. And because the art of the soundtrack seems to be very, it seems to be lost. Like if you look at any of the big blockbusters, like the soundtracks are very forgettable. You don't have yeah. like you don't have a hummable theme. Like there's no real John Williams these days or right. you don't have not saying there there are there is an exception that I will bring up later. Um, there's no like Danny Elfman's or Michael Kamen's or Jerry Goldsmith's. So there's something like you're not gonna like like bum 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 bum. Like you don't not many movies have that kind of moment where you're just like you're humming that for the rest yeah. of your life. It follows like the main thing like doo and just this eerie feeling about it. You're like something's and I, I, I intentionally drive around where it's supposed to be creepy, and I always put that on because it just makes things yes, weird.
1: Yes, you do, and it creeps me out every time.
0: And, like, one of the theaters we always go to on 16, behind it, the way we come home, is, like, this kind of industrial park area that has a huge fog. And it's a, it's a, yes. fog, it's a fog safety zone, like, well, be careful while driving. And I always put that on because it just seems so, it's so moody, and I love it.
1: Here's the thing. You just don't put it on. You purposely put it on and then you crank it up slowly <laughs> to a point where you're just like, Yep, yeah, this is happening. Get ready for it. And then when you hear the bum, I jump like 10 feet in the air because I'm like, what is happening? Are we going to die right now? I don't really want to die.
0: Uh, so and like they even released it on vinyl, which I'm probably going to get because I just wanted to you collect everything. And like I say, I good love... good Yeah, and it's a good horror movie soundtrack. Another thing that's kind of forget... The things that are kind of forgettable today, with the exception of like James Wan music which Joseph Bassara, I think that's his last name pronouncing it, does uh, his scores, which I think he does a really great job. Right. Um, I say check out It Follows, buy them on Blu-ray. Definitely. All right, and what is your number two?
1: Number two is Star Wars The Force Awakens. Same here. This is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... I saw it, what, twice? Yeah. Three times? Twice? Twice. Twice. I saw saw
0: it three times. I saw it once with my dad.
1: That's right. Okay. Um, Any movie that I can see over and over and over again, just point out something new. Even if I've watched it a hundred times, I still notice little new things. Like, I didn't notice that the 99th time I've watched it, or I didn't notice that. And I think a movie that can do that to you Mm -hmm. is a great movie. Oh, yeah. Because it just, you know the plot, you know the characters, you probably know every line in this movie, mm-hmm. but just when you pinpoint little things like that, you're like,
0: "That's awesome!" Mm-hmm. It makes me want to watch it again. <laughs> right, and it's arguably the most anticipated movie of 2015. I agree with that. And because it's, it could have, it could have been like a Dark Knight Rises where the anticipation got to such a level that there was no way of being satisfied. And there were people who were disappointed with Force Awakens.
1: I think me Oh, it didn't mean to try uh, to say. Uh
0: But, like, I was not one of those people. I was fully satisfied with it. And it was... I was so satisfied, it it was hard to pick if this is going to be my number two or number one. Mm, yeah. And it's respectful for the history it came from and the characters it came from. But also, it forges ahead with the new characters. of Like, yeah. Daisy Ridley as Rey. Oscar Isaac as Poe. And John Boyega as Finn. Of course. What were we going to say, though?
1: I kind of forgot. As sad as that is. <laughs> I'm sorry. That <laughs> no, that's okay. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and, like, just the opening moments, like, all right, who talks first? Do you talk first or do I talk first? They're like, World, World Reformation. I can't really hear you. Like, filters and stuff like that. And it, it's a fun movie. It is a – It really is. But it's not – Short on the feels, too. There are moments where, like, all right, spoilers. We've talked about on the Han. We saw when we did our Force Awakens. Yeah, Han, Han Solo. dies and stuff like that. And You're bye. Just like, ah! He's killed by his son, Matt, the radar technician.
1: (laughs) That is like the best skit mess in all history. No, it's cool.
0: I see. Look, I found it.
1: (laughs) Let me get it for you. Jokes on all of you. I'm Kylo Ren. Yeah, we we know. I knew when you threw me into that wall.
0: (laughs) It's great. Adam Driver's performance. Oh, I mean, everybody was pitch perfect in this. I
1: agree with that, yeah.
0: Daisy Ridley. I mean, I think just stole the hearts of like everybody across the world. As like, and this has been a year for movies of like female characters being really empowered. Yeah, and she's a prime example of it. No, she
1: really is.
0: Even though she was left out of the Monopoly game,
1: we don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm mad at Monopoly.
0: <laughs> it was monopolized by men. That's for sure.
1: You guys can't see it, but I'm giving him the death stare right now. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I'm white. <laughs> Wait, did you just say that you're white? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this ba- uh, that, That's a bad thing. I mean, weirdly, it's supposed to say. It's
1: something Larry and I always say. <laughs>
0: They're <laughs> like, woo! I'm white. <laughs> I don't even know where that started, but like Larry said that. It just became part of our vernacular. I
1: worry so much about you oh, sometimes.
0: <sighs> uh, I'm at work talking to him, and Banks walks in. He's like, oh, Jesus, what do I have to deal with you two jokers today? Getting his coffee, just like wishing it was harder uh, <laughs> liquid in the cup so we had to deal with us. Uh, <laughs> I mean, do you have anything else you want to say about Force Awakens? No, nope,
1: I think we covered it all in the past. Yeah, just check now. our
0: podcast. Check our podcast about yeah. Force Awakens.
1: It's great. Mm-hmm.
0: And I believe we have the same number one. Yes, we do. And what is our number one?
1: Mad Max
0: Fury Road. Witness. Ah, <laughs> uh, ah. Uh, now, I was excited for this movie because i had seen the mad max moves i seen them all right oh, and i'd own beyond thunderdome on vhs that one not the other two i think i got that as like an easter gift once. yeah my mom would random. get me my mom would get me random gifts for like easter i got like that for easter i got max Payne video game for easter and something else i have another random right there. <laughs> but it was kind of like it's not Mel gibson uh, all right let's see how it is in like I'd already seen the Avengers at that point. So I'm like, Ooh, it was Avengers is really good and stuff like that. Right. But then I'm like, all right, let's, let's see this. And then we sit down and you're just like, you know, like the opening shot. You're like,
1: whoa.
0: whoa.
1: Like, and that's what sucks you in because it's not just a slow paced movie of, Oh, here's some characters. Here's this. Here's that. All right. Now just go be adventurous. It's, Wham bam thank you ma'am at Mm. the beginning of this movie and it's just running and the drums beating and you're like I want to be in this time I want to be a warrior I want to be running for my life and it's Mm. it just it gets you that energy level of if I get on the road right now I might seriously like kill someone yeah
0: I'm like I'm surprised people didn't start demolition derby in the right in in the road just out of the response out of this is. (laughs) Such a visual experience, and it, it, some people say, like, it's a simple story, there's nothing much in it. You go A to B to B to A, and the, that's the whole story, but like, but sometimes
1: a, that works, though, yeah.
0: It, but there's also you could, there is enough material in there to argue of a subtext of like of political ideologies or like dictatorships, and it's it is like it's a secretly a feminist movie no, that it no, is. nobody, like, Mad Max. Is only in the title because it should be called Furiosa. Charlie's Charlie Ther- Charlie Theron's performance is fantastic. Oh my god, she's.
1: When that movie first came out, and I saw it like 3,000 times, yeah. I was like, this woman's my girl crush. Like, mm-hmm. I need this woman in my life. You don't mm-hmm. understand. Like, I physically want to be her. Every time I'm at kickboxing, and every time I feel like I'm going to give up, I'm like, if Furiosa can do it, I can do it. She was stabbed, and she still managed to climb across a car and kill a man. Let's do this. Come on.
0: And then you have Tom Hardy.
1: <laughs> One word giant.
0: Max. My name is Max. Max Payne. <laughs> um, who... He, he doesn't... He does a, a little bit of a Mel Gibson impression, but it's not like, like, oh, he's just doing a Mel Gibson impression. He definitely brings his own role to it, his own physicality. And my, one of my favorite moments is, it's really subtle, it's near the end, where um, he throws, like, a rock at Rictus' head to he get his attention. <laughs> and he get, Rictus turns around, and, like, Tom Hardy's face is like, huh? Eh? It's like... Bulges his eyes out, like lifts his eyebrows, like yeah, like let's go. Let's go. Even though I'm five foot nine, you're like six seven. You'd probably
1: kick my ass and break my back, but let's just do this. Despite
0: the fact that I broke Batman's back.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, he did actually. <laughs> yes, I forgot he, he was in that movie. And
0: is one of the most beautiful looking movies of all time.
1: Stunning the colors and even though that it's just it has one basic color
0: to it yeah it's teal and orange
1: exactly but it just comes off as different colors of teal and different colors of orange mm. and for some odd reason it just pops and it catches your eye and it, it just it makes your head go wow
0: and it's everything a Michael Bay movie tries to be but fails at because his movie are going for like a teal and orange look and stuff like that but this was perfect at doing it some people could argue like the night sequences which is day for night you can kind of tell Exactly. But I, it kind of gave its own look to it and I enjoyed it for that. Yeah. Um but I think one of the biggest parts other than the stunts the all the supporting guys I think it's the music.
1: Yes. By Junkie
0: XL <laughs> aka Tom <Hulkenbong>, H- <laughs> Holkenborg. Holkenborg. H O L K E N B O R G. Who also he scored Black Mass this year, mm. the giant dot movie. Oh, that's another one. And I he's Co-scoring Batman v Superman with Hans Zimmer, Ooh. and the joke I had myself like they should have like a drum off. Like each one has ten thousand drums, and who can out drum each other for Let's it? Do this. And I'm just like maybe like they'll hit they'll the Fury Road soundtrack and the Inception plom sound. They'll create the brown note that makes everybody shit themselves. <laughs>
1: we need to make this happen. You don't understand. I need this to happen. Yeah, and
0: <laughs> it's another one the soundtracks that I listen to constantly at work, and you just like. You just want it gets to, you pumped. It's the reason why I'm a metalhead. Sometimes you just want to beat your chest as loud as possible. You just, you just want, want
1: to go into war sometimes <sighs> with this. You're like,
0: ah! And, like, the Brothers in Arm theme, the or, like, the big, like, cello, like, that's, like, the Mad Max theme, and it's used so perfectly. And I love when Max is trying to leave Furiosa with the thing on his face, and he's like, I need your help, We and I can get you out of here. And he, he still doesn't want to do it. And you're like, do you want that thing off your face? Turns. Yes. Whom, whom, You're relying whom. on the
1: gratitude of a very bad
0: man. Yeah. Uh,
1: we could just sit here then.
0: Yeah. And, um, it is fantastic. He was beautiful. Just see it. Just yes. see it. Stop right now. Stop listening to this and watch it.
1: Like, you need to just go. Yeah. You don't, just don't think about it. Just go to your nearest store or wherever you're located and get it. Because I've seen this movie up close to 50 times now. Yeah. You gave me the DVD. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've almost burnt out the thing on it because <laughs> I've watched it so many times. And it's one of those movies that just doesn't get old. No. No matter how many times you watch it, it's still a beautiful looking film
0: much like the road warrior yeah. Just like this and we have a few like you have a few honorable mentions let's go to yeah. that and then we'll wrap this up
1: um, one of them is a disney film oh yeah cinderella really yeah i thought it was just a pretty looking film and you saw that with
0: your i saw that with my mom right
1: and my cousin and my aunt mm-hmm. and my little ones gotcha my little cousins. um it was just a pretty looking film and mm-hmm. it brings back all those memories of being a little girl and watching the cartoon Cinderella at home with a nice big thing of popcorn and just wanting to be Cinderella. She mm-hmm. falls in love with the prince. She has a pretty gown and she becomes a princess. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's not so true on my part because yeah. now I just want to be like Furious and kicks some ass. That's besides the point
0: um mediocre
1: (laughs) i have his boot (laughs) i have his boots that's great we don't care um immortal i
0: have his boots he looked at me he He was scanning the horizon (laughs) he looked at me in the eye no on the <laughs> it's a nitrous. <laughs> Sorry, we may like. I wanted to watch something else tonight, but I think we may end up just watching Mad Max again. I think this is
1: happening. <laughs> um, this actually started yesterday with the quotes and the gifs. do you Remember that? Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> I'm just like I I'm like I'm like I, as I said I said the photo from SpongeBob like when he's possessed by not possessed but taken over by Plankton. Like shut your mouth, you mediocre clarinet player. Mediocre? And I said the f- the gif of um, in more joke like, mediocre! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: I dropped you doing Cinderella.
1: That's fine. Um, I love the dresses. I love the colors. Mm-hmm. I like the old-time worldly feel that it had to it. I like the new spin that it had on it. If you guys didn't see it, I, I would recommend go seeing it. Mm-hmm. See Mad Max first, but definitely go see Cinderella. It right. definitely... Gives you those princessy vibes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then my next honorable mention is Jurassic World. Ooh, I love dinosaurs. Yes, and Velociraptors <laughs> and all that fun stuff. And speaking of Velociraptors, I noticed that I'm a preschool teacher, and I noticed that one of my kids, while we were outside, he has this camo-looking jacket, mm-hmm. and it looks like scales almost from far away. Mm. Well, how he runs is kind of like a velociraptor. <laughs> and he kind of like ducks his head and puts his hands up and he just runs. And I'm like, you look like a dinosaur and it's adorable. <laughs> like, why? That's so cute. <laughs>
0: uh, do you have anything else for your honorable mentions or?
1: Oh, Black Mass too. Ooh. I loved Black Mass. Mm-hmm. I loved Johnny Depp's performance. I thought he was Bloody fantastic again! Mm -hmm. It's definitely a different role on his part. Yeah, it's not weird, it's not crazy like he usually does. It's actually a pretty serious role. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, I mean, he's killing people in this
0: movie. And it's just like the look he has, like the icy blue eyes and and the
1: bald head and.
0: And the, the the Boston accent, In the, the Boston. Southie Projects accent that he's got going on. Six up. years now. <laughs> oh, man. Anything else?
1: Nope, that's it. And you?
0: Um, It's funny that you bring up Velociraptors because <laughs> it was, I was at work. I was talking to one <laughs> of the guys. He was talking about, like, we're making fun of our boss. He's like, yeah, he's walking around. He's doing the confused T-Rex look. He's got his arms out, kind of like wanting to do something. He doesn't know what. He hasn't gone full zombie or Frankenstein monster with the arms right out. He's got the f- confused T-Rex arms. just like, what do I do now? <laughs> Why did God bless me with these? <laughs> they, they immediately got they immediately, like One guy's like, yeah, he has the brain of a T-Rex. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. um,
0: my honorable mentions, straight out of Compton. Okay. It, it almost made the list. It almost did, but I mean... The only reason why it didn't is because you can watch the Behind the Music documentary that's, like, an hour long. It has the exact same plot, like, mentions the beats. Like, if you wanted to watch okay. that story quicker with the real people speaking, you can watch that. But I still say check out Straight because it is a really good movie. Yeah. Um, the Hateful Eight is my other honorable mention just because it's that one scene that kind of is like, oh... I don't know. Uh, it would just seem out of character for that person that he wrote.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. But
0: also within the first scene, that the Tarantino is like doing the typical Tarantino dialogue that we're kind of repeating itself, and you're like, I could have gotten us out of that scene a lot quicker and moved us along. And I like that's the fact. I like the fact that he's uninhibited by the Hollywood system to write every once. However, those could just be like, all right, I can do anything I want and stuff like that, and it's like. If he was a terrible filmmaker, it could be the Star Wars prequels all over again, which is everything he wants thrown in. And there are moments that saying Tarantino's movies are close to the pre- prequels, so that's not what I'm saying. But there's moments where, like, he's very self-indulgent right here. And it's like, um... Like,
1: okay, that's not where I expected this to go. Yeah. And it's very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. Even and- just sitting there I um, didn't mean to cut you off okay. I'm sorry even just sitting there and as as a woman looking at that scene going I don't think I want to be in this theater right now like yeah. this I really wish I hadn't seen that
0: and the second half I think is weaker than the first half yes I mean it does have some uh, really great comedy between two of the most unlucky, unlikeliest characters no, together <laughs> and, um it's true and uh, and Jason, Jason Lee is like fantastic in it yeah I mean, I think it's one of her better performances. Probably her best performance in single, uh, uh, yeah, single white female, where she plays Bridget Fonda's like roommate that starts to oh,
1: okay, gets the same haircut as her, yes, as her dressing like her, hair, like uh. what's happening?
0: <laughs> but also, it has one of the creepiest moments in history for, for me. Is that like she goes to her like her roommate's boyfriend's house, is okay. going down on him. And he thinks it's his girlfriend stuff like that and realizes, oh, it's not. And then she continues and he finishes and you're like, oh, that's Oh, awkward. I'm just like, oh my God, never is that kind of like, a, other than like the Hateful Eight where a similar yeah. thing happens like that. And you're like,
1: It's an uncomfortable experience that you're kind of like, I really wish I didn't see that. Like yeah. I could have been much happier with my life mm. if I didn't have to see that.
0: Yeah. And the last of my uh, honorable mentions, The Green Inferno.
1: Oh, Okay. I forgot that we saw that movie. Yeah.
0: I I mean, like, the acting is not that great sometimes. Even the writing is not that great. It's
1: very amateurish, to be honest. Yeah, but,
0: like, you could argue that's on purpose, argue that it's unintentional. But it. I had an experience. I thought I was going to be sick because of a movie. That's never happened For the content. Like, I mean, I've gotten motion sickness in there a few times. You know that. Yeah. And, but otherwise, I was like, I've never felt like just watching a movie. I'm like, ooh. I thought I was going like, to throw up. See, it,
1: it, I, it honestly, like I said, I think I've seen some pretty nasty stuff in my life mm. to where my immune system is just like, there's really nothing that really disgusts me mm. anymore. So it really didn't make me that sick. Right. It made me uncomfortable, yes, but I think that's what a good horror movie is supposed to do. Yeah. It's supposed to get inside you and make you feel that uncomfortableness of... Maybe I I, I didn't wanna see this. Maybe I didn't want to be here. Maybe like but I wanna know more. Right. Like I wanna know what's happening. And I think that's definitely what the Green Inferno did. It made me uncomfortable to that point where it's like, All right, what's gonna happen next?
0: Yeah. And it's the closest thing that we're gonna to have to an Italian cannibal exploitation movie these days, like that's true. Cannibal Holocaust or Cannibal Ferox. And I got a chance to see it in the theater. It was a movie that took many years to get to the theater. Shot on cameras that are available to filmmakers. Yes. And for the most part looks really good. Um, just for the fact that he went up into the Amazon hours into the yeah. rainforest to yeah. film there.
1: He did his research on this child which i was very very impressed with like he knew where he was going he knew what he was doing he knew the surrounding area Yeah, i was i was fairly impressed on his uh his direction and yeah. where he was going with it
0: uh, and then like uh, oh my god Stone cannibals. They got the munchies and then he eats one of the spy kids. Uh, that
1: was the best part of that movie.
0: <laughs> but you know what's the one thing? Since it's an Italian like supposed to be an Italian exploitation movie, didn't see that much penis in it, and I'm kind of like it's a, that was a hallmark of those movies of people getting castrated and it does not happen in that movie.
1: Well, to be honest with you, I'm kinda happy that I didn't see any like boob or penis or whatever.
0: No, I mean you got you see like a like maybe a nip slip when uh main characters being like they painted for but her female circumcision. That
1: was okay, though, because it was supposed to be like that. Like, I hate it when horror movies, like, excluding Halloween and all those other mm. movies where it's just, you know, after a sex, hey, my boobs are just out. Like, yeah. hey... I, just, I hate movies that are just like, here, let's throw a sex in here just to show a pair of tits. Mm. Or here, let's throw this in to show some ass. Let's just do that. And it just, that pisses me off a little mm. bit. Because it's like, I really didn't need to see that girl's ass. Right. You know, I didn't need to see her tits. I mm. have my own. Thank you very much. Right. This movie, I actually, stopped. <laughs> um, this movie, I actually enjoyed because I didn't get to see any of that. Mm. And it made me a little bit more comfortable. Yes, like you said, there was some nip slips and some, you know, underclothed yeah. women. But they were in the Savannah. They were tribes. They were this. They were that. And yeah. it was like, okay, that's appropriate to me. Right. Other times, it just, like I said, it just...
0: And this is a guy who made Hostile, where, like, the first half of the movie, almost everybody's naked. Exactly. <laughs> and, it, like, that that's the point of that movie is that, like, it must make you feel comfortable. Like, oh, nudity is all fine. And that's what the point is. Like, you you think, like, oh, they're being exploited for, like, nudity. And then when like, it gets to the violence half of it, you're like... Oh, can we go back to the boobs, please? I don't want to see. Oh, we, they cut the Achilles' attendance. And I
1: have no problem with boobs or penis or junk or whatever. Yeah. There's just sometimes I just don't want to see it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just don't want to see some girl's tits. As a female, once you've seen one pair, you've seen them all. Okay. Right. And that goes for a man's dick, too. Mm. Sorry, but once I've seen one, I've kind of seen them all. Yes, you can argue the fact that they're all different and blah, 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 and all shapes and size. And I'm like, no, they're all the goddamn same, okay? Okay. That includes the turds, okay? Okay. I love you,
0: though. Oh, thank you.
1: You're welcome.
0: <laughs> Let's end it on that note. If you want them to follow you on social media, where can they find you?
1: Um, they can find me on Pinterest as arrow2300, um, Instagram as well as arrow2300, Facebook, I am Victoria B. I'm mm-hmm. not getting my last name out. Mm-hmm. Um, and on Tumblr, I'm Arrow2300 as well.
0: And if you want to follow me on social media, you could follow me on Twitter at Timothy Rooney 2. <laughs> you could follow me on Instagram at Rooney 1012 Follow my YouTube page and Facebook page called Through the Lens Productions, where my latest short film, Halloween Reborn, is up. And obviously, follow this podcast on SoundCloud.com. And I hope everybody's enjoyed our podcast of our top 10 movies of 2015. And we'll talk to you guys very soon.